bells are ringing. Now it's time to begin. It's about our school that we're singing, where the misfits get in. Hello and welcome to SMPD, the podcast where we look back at the cartoons that shaped our childhood. I am Chris Bolton. With me, as always, my partner in podcasting, Mr. Mark Williams. Hello. And, you know, since it's October, it is the spoopy month. So we're carrying on the Halloween theme here on Double Down Podcast Network, following on from Better Than Mario's Ernest special. We're going to look at a spooky cartoon from the 90s. It's Gravedale High, or actually, sorry, I stand corrected, Rick Moranis in Gravedale High. <laughs> yeah, no, I um, I went back to this um, over the last couple of days because when, when, you, when you mentioned this one a couple of weeks ago, I knew the name and I couldn't remember a great deal about it and I started looking at pictures and oh yeah, okay. And then I've watched um, probably more of it than I should um, in the last day or so because I've been off work and I'd forgotten the show existed, but fucking now, I, now I've seen it, I, I'm absolutely in love with it again. I think it's, it's, it's one of those that I'm appalled with myself that I'd forgotten about. Yeah, I've, <laughs> I was wondering what you'd make of this. Um, and and I'll tell you why. <laughs> on on other episodes of other shows, um, I, I don't think we've had the discussion on this show. But I know you're a Scooby Doo fan, for instance, mm. whereas I am very much not. Um, now I remember liking Gravedale High quite a bit as a kid. Uh, I remember watching it interchangeably with Galaxy High. Yeah. Um, and the two obviously have a lot of similarities. Um, I always remember. I think as a kid, slightly preferring Gravedale High. Um, I don't know why, because having rewatched it now, I think Galaxy High is far and away the better of the two. Um, and in rewatching this, I I remember it very fondly, but I don't remember a lot of the specifics. Mm. And much like you, once I started rewatching it and I saw the characters again, then it all started to come back to me. Um, but. I, I don't know. This show's fucking weird. Oh, um, yeah, it's it's it, it's tonally all over the place. Um, the quality varies massively in episodes yes. as well. I've only watched about four because uh, I've been quite busy this week. Um, but Jesus, it's like it's as bad as Game of Thrones for jumping about everywhere in terms <laughs> of quality. Um, well, maybe, maybe that's where all the writers ended up. Yeah, maybe. It, it, this is a weird, weird show. Um, I can't say that I've particularly enjoyed re-watching it, but I am weirdly drawn back to it, if that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, it, no, that does. That totally does. It kind of feels like watching a car crash at some times. Uh, and then at other times, there, there are genuinely funny gags that I've laughed at in this show. Um, yeah. It's weird. But yeah, I, I was interested, um, having watched the pilot, I think I started watching this just before you did, um, and I was interested to hear your thoughts on it, because of course this is a Hanna-Barbera cartoon, um, and it very much feels like a Hanna-Barbera cartoon as well. And that's not yeah. something that I respond to particularly well, with a few exceptions, um, but I know, as I say, from previous conversations, I know, for instance, you, you've been a fan of Scooby-Doo, um, yeah. the, the animated series anyway. Um and this is very much of that ilk, I think. Oh, definitely. Um, I mean, I think this was kind of this was an attempt. I mean, we saw we saw with a lot of Hanna Barbera stuff. They tried to um, pitch things in particular periods and particular genres. So you had the um, so the, the Flintstones had the historical aspect. You had the Jetsons with their sort of highly futuristic nineteen fifties take on life. Um, this is just uh, for me. This is kind of just a stab at another genre, um, but it's done. In a very different way, it's still an ensemble cast, but it's uh, we talked about when we talked about Kim Possible last time, and when we talked about other show, other sort of teenage shows in the past, the what the, the constant is um, sort of the high school. People people will respond to that. So whether you're watching Galaxy High or you're watching Buffy or Kim Possible or this, there are themes which will stand out, and yes. there are themes things that people will will identify with. And the one thing that got me with the strip, and I, I didn't remember the theme tune, but then as soon as it came on and the uh, the lyrics started one of the first lines is about where it's where all the misfits fit in and it's yes. that's something that the majority of people will have as part of the high school experience is that one that point whenever it may be it may not have lasted long 
or it may not know it may have been fleeting or it may have been their entire experience but there's always that that time where you feel like actually you know what the world's against me people don't understand me because at, at that time of life things you know things are going on and things are changing and you have your own perspective and everybody else is wrong um and it's it's something that anybody watching whether they want to or not whether they like horror or not whether they like cartoons or not there'll be something in there they can identify with and that was something that from let's say from taking straight away to taking to the, the theme song and the lyrics that was something I wanted to see how they how they progressed and how it panned out, and I think that as 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 one of the themes, I think it's quite quite a nice device, quite a nice device, and it gets a lot of things across quite well. Yeah, it does. As you say, that that high school shorthand is is something that's constantly going to work. Um, I think first of all, yeah, the theme tune is the main thing that I remembered. It has never left me. Um, mm. It is an excellent theme tune. Um, yeah, so I really like the theme tune. Um, I think that the high school part of it is it's used obviously it's used to to bring us in it brings us into the world because it's a high school but it's not used as well as I remember it being used weirdly I do remember this being like a high school show that is, that is yeah. what I remember of it um, and it's kind of not that or at least not the way I thought it was, so no, it's kind of a it's kind of like a staging post, isn't it? Whereby it, yeah, you start at the high school. It's kind of where you know you set everything up and then you go off again like in the, in the pilot. You end up in a hospital and then yeah, you know, they're um they're not terrorizing because they're kids. They're just having a bit of a play, but they end up terrorizing this hospital. And then the second one, they go they go to the beach because one of them is surfing and stuff like that. So I mean, it's it's kind of just the. It's at the meeting point, if nothing else, it's the rendezvous point before they before they embark on whatever journey it is they're going on that week. Um, and whereas, if you look at you know, stuff like um, stuff that was mentioned, like impossible, if you look at some of the sort of the, the live action stuff that was around at the same time, stuff like Saved by the Bell, whereby they were very much focused around school and school life, and the the and the, so the moral of the story that they were learning was also the moral of the episode and all that sort of stuff. And it it does kind of tie into that trope, but it's just done in a different way. It's handled in a different way, so you're not just seeing the same thing over and over again. Yeah, um, I I just kind of feel like the school thing never clicks here, though. Um, and I've been trying to put my finger on why, and I've, I've I've been thinking about this quite a lot. And I think a big part of it for me, like you mentioned earlier on, the theme tune mentions about how it's where all the misfits fit in, um, except the class aren't misfits because they're all monsters and but it's, but it's a monster school isn't it yes so so they aren't misfits um, but again, in, in fact they're not they're not misfits in as much as they they're in terms of their they're monsters therefore they must be ostracized because the only one being ostracized is, is uh, schneider because he's not a monster exactly um, exactly and but, so, we so kind they, of... they fit in in that respect but in much the same as when any when everybody goes to high school they're all teenagers and they're all human but not everybody fits in. Not everybody fits in the same clique. So these are kind of you now you've got one um, Frankenstein monster that thing. You've got a mummy. You've got a zombie. You've got a, a vampire. So they're not the, they they're individuals within a larger group uh, who just all happen to be different types of monster. But then the, the way I mean they play a lot of the characters are quite tropey as well, which we'll come on to I'm sure as we go through. Um, but yeah, it's just one of those that I think that it's there's a lot of potential to it. And I think that the way that they set it up. It maybe you're right. Maybe they haven't quite gone down the route that was expected, and maybe didn't didn't produce what was expected, what people would expect them to produce. But I, I don't think that's necessary to its detriment. I think that there were so many shows of that ilk, which were the the very straight high school drama with a slight twist, mm -hmm. and they could have they could have very easily done that with the twist being they're all monsters, but they went slightly different with it. And I think that that's not necessary to its detriment. It just may not necessarily be achieved as well as, as they'd hoped uh, I, I don't think it's achieved at all I think they completely fuck it up and it's one of my biggest problems with the show um, we so first and foremost we view the show through through Snyder's eyes he's our main character yeah. so straight away we're aligned with the teacher rather than the students so it's not a high school show at all and particularly when it's a show aimed at a younger audience um, I think they would argue that they tried to aim this at a family audience um, it's absolutely not that though the writing is very childlike um, yeah. so when it's a show aimed at a, at a younger audience that doesn't work obviously we understand that Rick Moranis is the star so that's why that happens um, but then the bigger problem is when we're in this kind of alternative world as well and it's a monster high school you know when you get galaxy high 
we view Galaxy High through the eyes of Amy and Doyle. So they are outsiders, even though, you know, Amy becomes very popular. Um, they, they are outsiders. And so we get to have the gags about how weird and outlandish these aliens and, and things are and how their way of life is different because we can relate it back to ours. Whereas here, because everyone's a monster, as I say, every, whilst you can swing for the fences with some of the gags, like the lockers all look like coffins and things like that. And that's all cool. I'm, I'm fine with all of that. Um, there's never any element of other so nothing ever really seems different and even down to the kids themselves like if you're going to use the high school trope you you do kind of have to to lean on it and, and you have to lean into it because we expect certain things in order for it to work and the problem you have here is you have the whole class more or less given equal screen time there is no lead monster there is no kid that we side with um, and so in the same social group we've got the fat girl hanging around with the jock hanging around with the class clown hanging around with sort of the the bully it's it's almost like they've tried to reach for the breakfast club and yeah. fallen so far short of the mark because they haven't understood that the reason the breakfast club works is because all of those characters are actually very nuanced and we get to learn their backstories and we you know we always fully acknowledge that they shouldn't be friends they've just been brought together and forced into this room together and discovered that they all have these things in common and that's never played for here the group are all relatively friendly and relatively close to each other and they're more like a kind of junior school class than they are a high school in as much as what they've got in common is they're all kids so they're all friends and they'll all play together um, and so yeah. it doesn't really lead for any tension at all not to mention the fact that the characters that they do introduce then and like Vinny for instance is it Vinny it is isn't it the vampire yeah. is oh my god he's horrible like he literally is the Fonz he is, um, and I'd like. To, I mean, I, I, I'm sure it was intentional, but you never know. Oh, it, it has to be. The um, no, the um, I can't remember the character's name who is very much modelled on Richie Cunningham. Yes. Uh, yeah. Uh, obviously, Reggie, wasn't that? Yeah. The the nerdy one. The nerdy one. Um, yeah. yeah. The so werewolf you've got type that kid. Yeah. Yeah. So you've got that straight away. Um, and, and that's know, the weird that thing. Rich. It's it's kind of a show out of time in that. They are very much 50 stereotypes. Like, yeah, there's obvious yeah. comparisons to be on to Happy Days. Um, I also think it feels very Grease at times. Um, yes. And, and there's nothing wrong with that. You know, those... those I, I fucking love Grease, and I, and I love Happy Days as well, for that matter. Um, but I feel like if you wanted to lean into that, and there's a world where that works, especially with these monsters, because a lot of them are sort of classic monsters... Um, yeah. which are which are associated with 50s B movies as well so but then they, they don't lean into that aesthetic at all they they give them this this weird kind of colorful zany aesthetic to go with it so if they'd have lent harder on that maybe this would have worked and made it more Adams family and less monsters then if you like um yeah. then maybe they could have pulled that off but they don't so it's kind of caught in this and in a lot of ways not just with the characters with the writing and the tone as well it's caught in this really weird limbo and i don't i don't understand what this show is like i said there's something oddly compelling about it i'm, I'm carrying on watching it but it's really fucking weird like really oh, yeah. weird and and even the show itself the animation is fucking terrible and yet the voice cast are excellent the voice cast is amazing i hadn't realized i i ended up i think i watched about six or seven yesterday and today so i've been off work um i'm in the process of losing my voice again which is fun um but yeah looking at them looking at the the voice tank you've got Rick Moranis, as you said, you've got Tim Curry, mm -hmm. you've got um, Ricky Lake is in there. I've completely forgot that she was uh, she was an actress. You've got Frank Welker, Lawrence Lamarche, uh, Morris Marche. You've got all these people who you know who were big, very big at the time and have gone on to do massive things as well. And it's a massive, massive cast. And some of the stuff they've got them doing. I mean, the um, the the little Frankensteiny was Frankenteich, I think his name is Frankenteich. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, you know, again, he seems a lot younger. He seems more like a Bart Simpson sort of character, a very sort of 10-year-old. Very much um, so, yeah. And even to the point that he addresses everybody as man and stuff like that. Um, you know, he's he's short, he's a little bit bulbous in places. You know, he's, he's the antithesis of what you expect Frank says monster to be, who's always, you know, 
basically should be chiseled out of granite and chiseled out of green. But you know, he's tall, he's very square, very muscular, and all the rest of it. And but the, and the design is great. But then the the that character, the way the way that that character is portrayed, you look at it and think, well, hang on, that doesn't. You're right, it doesn't really fit. And I hadn't really thought of it in, in terms of how the how it all fits together. I mean, I, I I was interested to see what they did with the characters, and then the way that they used a lot of the um so the the law that they've, they've lent on things like you know, like medusa as a prime example they, you know, they've, they've mm-hmm. lent on some of this really historical stuff and this sort of historical canon stuff that's taken out of some of the best literature in the world and all the rest of it they've, they've taken that and they've gone right okay we're going to put them in this modern setting and also make them children and yeah i mean the the, the high school thing that seems to be a big range i mean you look at like some vinnie um Dusa, uh, do so. I can't, I can't remember how you pronounce it now. It's um, Dooza, yeah, yeah. Um, and um, Cleopatra, which what a name, by the way. Um, oh, don't, don't, <laughs> look, we'll, we'll dive into Cleopatra. Yeah, um, yeah. But I mean, uh, that look, crosses a line for me. It, it does, that character yeah. really crosses a line for me. Yeah. Um, we'll, um, we'll but, come on to that in a yeah, bit. We'll come back to that. But you, you look at some of those characters, and they're all, they, you get the impression they're sort of older teens. They would be sort of high school age. Yeah, then, Vinny especially seems yeah. like he's a senior. Yeah, like, he, again, he, it's, it's like he's the father. He's actually about 50 and just hanging around with all the yeah, kids. Yeah, and he just happens to be hanging... Which, again, there's an obvious gag there, bearing in mind he's a vampire. Yeah, exactly. He could be centuries old. Yeah, and he just You know, whereas Frankenstein might have been put together yesterday. Do yeah. you know what I mean? Like, there is a gag there, but they, they don't, they, don't, they don't go do for it. it. Yeah. No. Um, so, I mean, you've, you've got those, and I think that... The, um, I mean, they're, they're older, and then you've got, um, again, like the likes of um, Blanche... Um, who's a little bit older? But then you get Reggie and Frankenstein, who are very clearly prepubescent. Younger. Yeah, and it's it's a very strange juxtaposition in terms of where they position the characters. It, but it, it, it really never it doesn't... never seems to matter because no. they they all kind of just go. I mean, I don't know many many ten year olds. I don't know many ten year olds anyway. But I, I don't know many sixteen year olds who would hang around for ten year olds. No, I mean, and that's that's the bit that I bump up against. Like like. Yeah, when they're running around having antics, you you don't question it. Um, but I think this show tries to position itself as something more. That's my problem with it. If it was just a group of monsters running around getting into slapsticky bullshit, um, then I, I think I'd kind of go, oh, yeah, okay, this is a kid's show. I know what this is. And I, I judge it as that. But it always feels to me like it's reaching to be more than that like it's reaching to be that kind of Hanna-Barbera animated sitcom mm. um in its in its pacing and its writing and everything and I, it just then that's where it gets weird because then you need to rely on these characters and it I just can't relate to them at all I, I find at best I find them bland um at worst they are flat out downright offensive and disgustingly offensive at that um cleofatra is yeah. i mean look the, the fat shaming i guess wasn't such a thing back in the in no. the early 90s i guess you know that wasn't something as a society that we were maybe as sensitive to as we are now um i but this is disgusting like but the the, the, the level just... of the level of fun that is pointed at her physical appearance well, and the fact, the fact that, that we name her Cleofatra well. <laughs> yeah. yeah and she's a child it's absolutely disgusting yeah i mean like if, everyone if involved at... in that should be ashamed of themselves yeah <coughs> excuse me um i mean if you look at i mean a lot of product even going into the early 2000s it was still very common it was still very popular to make fun of fat people you know look um, look at stuff like bridget jones you watch the fat bird fall over and it's funny because she's fat and you look mm-hmm. at um what was the um farley brothers film with um jack black and gwyneth paltrow Ah, um, uh, shallow hell yeah um again no you make fun of the fat the fat bird um and it, it was it was acceptable to a point to a lot of people and i think socially people went with it excuse me <coughs> um sorry for your ears anybody um but it was never done with children and with children it was always done in such a way that the people doing it got their comeuppance in the end here it's not <coughs> sorry this is going to no. be a good one um, here it's not here it's just she's clear factor she's fat and she's an Egyptian mummy so deal with it yeah and, and like anything else there is a line is the thing like look I 
we're very offensive at times. I'm very aware of that. Who else? Um, yeah, yes, I know. You wouldn't believe it, would you? No. Um, both on this show, in our writing, and in daily life. <laughs> You know, but I feel like we always kind of know where the line is in that nothing is ever meant to be hurtful. Everything is said in jest and we do catch ourselves. We understand. We are socially aware enough in most cases to understand and to say it tongue in cheek. And I think that is okay. And that's why, you know, that's why I will you know, gleefully watch the likes of South Park and Family Guy and and, and, and all of those that, that poke fun in that same way the problem is here it is done to be deliberately to deliberately have fun at her expense because she's fat and because she's different and it's not she's never sort of made a part of that either you know it's always at her expense and it's always made to make her feel bad um there is one episode in particular where She's writing fan mail to a to an actor, yeah. um, and ends up. I mean, it's again, it's a typical sitcom trope. She's not confident in her appearance, so she sends a picture of of Doozer instead. Um, and and then there's, there's just this whole thing about how oh, he's never going to be interested in her because she's fat and ugly, mm. and that's just appalling. And yeah, especially when it's children, you know, yeah. children. Children and especially high school children put up with enough shit and have enough self-esteem issues as it is. And, you know, they need to look at stuff like this for validation, not to be made to feel shit. Nobody's going to look at Cleopatra as an overweight child and think, oh, it's okay because Cleo's fat too. They're not because she's constantly made fun of and berated for it. Yeah, I mean, it's fairly prevalent as well. I mean, you look at most teen films um, of the mid to late 80s, early 90s, um, you look at things like Heather's, where you've got um, Martha Dumptruck. You know, again, mm-hmm. she's portrayed as you know, she she's a figure of fun because she's overweight, and I can't remember what's wrong with her. She's in a mobility scooter for a lot of it, isn't she? Yes. Um, so again, she's made fun of for for her physicality for no other reason than kids are dicks. So you put in, you put into this where you've got you have a show whereby yes, okay, there's no there are elements that mirror real life, but you look at something and say, look, hang on, we should be no, we should be showing the way with this. We shouldn't be joining in with that. We should be saying actually that no, that kind of makes you a dick if that's the that's the way you deal you treat people, that's not cool. That's not the way you go about it. Yeah, but, I agree. I mean, gen- and especially at that time, it, was, it just wasn't done. No, it it just it's just especially bad because it's another one of these things that's weirdly bumps up against each other. Is in general, all of these characters are portrayed as a friend group. They'll have the odd infight and things like that, and, yeah. and you know there are little factions within it, but they are a friendly group. They are a group of friends who will look out for each other. Except when they all constantly remind Cleo how fat and ugly she is. Now, if she is established as a figure of fun, and if the people making fun of her are established as being mean people, whether that makes them, you know, whether they are protagonists or not, they can still be mean people, um, then okay, that is okay in that world. There is context and that makes sense. But it doesn't make sense here. It's just like they're all saying, ah, don't worry about Cleo, she doesn't matter, she's fat and ugly. Yeah. And that is her role in the friend group. And and that's what's so bad about it, is she is just reduced to her physical appearance. It's it's fucking disgraceful. It really is. Um it is. Um, just for anybody listening who doesn't know us, this is a particular chord for Chris and I. Because we were both fat kids. Oh, but, I was. Um, I was a hugely fat kid. I mean, I'm. I'm not anymore. Um, I'm certainly no matchstick. But I went to. Long story short, uh, I was clinically obese as a child. Went to a dietitian. Lost a fuck ton of weight. Uh, and so yes, this is a trigger point for me. Yeah. But, um, it, that, but I mean, it doesn't mean it's a, it's a, it's an overreaction. What you're saying no. is right. The, the way it's set up is just unforgivable. It is. It's absolutely disgusting. And and look, as a former fat child, um, I can have a very guttural reaction <laughs> to obese people. Like I, they, I can be physically disgusted by them uh, because I find it difficult sometimes to understand how they can't lose weight. Um, and I'm aware. Again, I'm aware that that's potentially offensive, but. I've also been through that process and, and know what it takes. 
and I won't vocalize that. That is something I will be thinking to myself because yeah. as much as I can't understand why they don't have the switch that I had that eventually led to me exercising and stopping eating, I know that it's very hurtful to point that out to them. And they don't need to hear that off me. They don't need my judgment. No, that's right. So, for fuck's sake, like, oh, this is just, yeah, it really pisses me off every time she was on screen. Cleopatra pissed me off. Just the name, really. Like, do better. <laughs> just yeah. do better. Yeah, and, and you, you do get the impression, actually, with the names, um, I mean, this could turn into a fairly hefty rant if we're not careful, but even with like, the names, they're, they're, they're setting up to, to do that. I mean, Frank and, Frank and Tyke, they're automatically going to make fun of him because of his size. Yes. Um, and it's just like, they, they've gone, oh, there's an easy pun there. There's an easy joke there. We'll just use that, and we can get mileage out of that. Um, and I mean, I, as I, I've enjoyed watching this back, but the more you, the more you go into it, the more you think about it. I mean, I, I, I've, I'm, I'm not having a good week, so I've, I've been laid up ill, and I've just, this has been quite handy to, to kill a bit of time. But I, I'm, I'm watching, going, oh yeah, that's quite funny, and I'm not thinking great because I'm dosed up on cough meds and everything else. But the more you think about it, and there are so many um, things that you, know, that you can. Not that not are designed to take offence, but so many things that we think. Well, hang on a minute. Like you've got um, Elephant Boy, who's no, like the Elephant Man, um, even to a point where they, they set him up with the um, the British accent as well. Um, you know, you've got um, uh, fucking hell, what's um, there's, a, there's a mutant, and again, it's just setting up that you've already got people who are very different, mm-hmm. but then you're you're even trying to set them up as being above other people who are different. Yes, and again, that works if it works for our core cast. But it doesn't work here because of all the differences in our core cast, they they never really, like, they don't bump up against each other. Like I say, they just make fun of each other for it. They'll just make fun of Cleo because she's fat. But that won't ostracize her from the group and it won't make the people that are making fun of her evil or nasty. Mm. Everyone will just join in. Frank and Tyke, Yes, is depicted as a short character, but he never really does get made fun of for his size because he has serious short man syndrome. Like, mm. he is the class bully. Yeah. But again, that is a kind of recognised character type that we know about, and we also know that, therefore, he should kind of have some hangers-on that he can order around to make him feel big. Yeah. But he doesn't have that because, actually, he's a sidekick to the surfer dude. Yeah. And, Which, I mean, I, I, I never, I didn't get is his name, Gil. Gil, yeah, yeah. Gil, Gil Waterman. I, I never got that character anyway. I never saw the point. And also, I know they wanted a um, creature in the Black Lagoon type character, but I just never saw the point. I didn't. He, for what, from what I've seen, he didn't really do anything. Uh, well, I mean, he had a whole episode about him, didn't he? Where well, he was yeah. like a surf champion and stuff. But I mean, yeah, this is but... this is another thing with it is this this weird juxtaposition of of styles and and things. Like I've said, it generally the world and the setting feels very 1950s even down to the way schneider's dressing and things like that it all feels very 50s it all feels very rydale high um but then and, and they make the cardinal sin here this thing is stuffed full of pop culture references yes and they're all late 80s early 90s pop culture references and just as much as gill's whole character is an early 90s surfer dude yeah you know and then the uh, i forget his name but the invisible kid um sid. who's who's sid that's it who's essentially like a, a little stand-up comedian yeah. um it just his his whole shtick just riffs on 90s popular culture and impersonations of mm. 80s and 90s celebrities yeah well i mean if you look at the the, the pilot the very i mean we i know the first time we see him um obviously that's the not but no pun intended but that he get you know we have the thing he goes into class and he's um, saying oh he wants to be a stand-up he wants to be a comedian he wants to be the center of attention the spotlight on the rest of it and which is you no know, in itself it's a nice little gag because even with the spotlight you can't see him and yeah very funny very clever but the first thing he does he fucking raps yeah yep it's it's turtle syndrome yep it's horrible and then he makes repeated references to michael jackson and does a michael jackson impersonation he does yeah. a robin williams impersonation at one point um, Which was fucking good. It was okay. good. Yeah, it was good. But 
it dates the show horribly. That is the problem with pop culture references. Unless you make a reference to something that you can confidently say is going to stand the test of time. Yeah. It will seriously date you. And this is really dated for those reasons. To the point where it almost feels... Well, not almost, it is. It's cringeworthy. If you try to watch this with kids today, I think yeah. whilst they might enjoy some of the slapsticky stuff, you would get yeah. an awful lot of, well, who's that? Why is that funny? Why are you laughing? Like, this yeah. is your granddad's TV show. And I think it was probably your granddad's TV show, even when it was first on the air, because it feels very, very Flintstones and Jetsons yeah. and not in a good way. You know, we'd already moved on from those kind of shows by the time this came around, but they seem to have stuck to that formula. Mm. And it just yeah. doesn't click. And yet, like I say, there are moments where I've had at least one decent belly laugh in each episode, um, and I've carried on watching it, weirdly. I, I don't know why. I don't know what it is that's drawing me back. <laughs> it may be, for me, it may just be that that monsters are something that I love. Monsters, you know, are are something that I will always watch a, a monster film and I, and I grew up with monster movies. You know what? I, I love them. I love horror and I love monsters. So I'm always going to be drawn to this world. You know, I, I've said on, on this show and other shows many, many times, generally in relation to somebody talking about some fantasy bollocks, um, that, I, you know, as a genre, I will always leave high fantasy high and dry for sci-fi or horror. And, and horror even more so than sci-fi, if I'm honest. So... I will be drawn to this naturally. Um, so maybe that's what it is. Maybe it's just that it's it's a world and characters that even though they may be a bit weird and, and may not entirely fit, I, I'm just kind of drawn to. Um, I, I yeah, don't know. I mean, there's, um, there's a, there are a couple of kids shows now, um, which one is called Vampirina. Which I'm is very aware of Vampirina. Again, same um, thing. I'm just drawn yeah. to monsters. Yeah. I see a very similar concept. So Jess has watched, um, but we don't have um, Disney, so she doesn't um, she doesn't watch it very often. Only when I do um, Disney Life um, uh, subscriptions for the show, um, but she watched it down my mum's quite a lot. And so again, there's little werewolves and other mm -hmm. little monsters in that, and that's fine. And there's another one which I can't think of the fucking name of it now. I, I mean, I thought of it when I've been thinking, I'm getting ready for to do the show all day, and I've had it on the tip of my tongue all day. And now we've come to record. I can't remember the bastard thing it's called, but again, there's I'm there. They'll go to like a, a, a nightcare center, so rather, rather than the, rather than the crash, they go to nightcare, and they you know they they're taken in as normal kids. But then when the moon comes up, you've got you've got again Frank says monster, a werewolf, a vampire, um, a gargoyle, a zombie, all this all this other sort of stuff. And again, it's a very similar premise to this, but they are, they are all I would say the toddlers, but they're all pitched to being that it's pitched to sort of five to seven year olds. But it's they they're a little bit older because they do a little bit more. I'm I'm gonna. That you, sounds you know, fucking awesome. So I want to know the name to, of that because I want to watch yeah, it. Yeah, I'm going to have to look it up now. That sounds fucking awesome. Um, but I mean, yeah, there are, you know, this is, an, uh, this is a trope that's been used. There's things like even sort of 10, maybe 12 years ago, we had things like Monster High and what have you as well. You know, this is yeah. something that would be used. And, and even, you know, just in, in popular culture itself, you can trace certain elements of this back to things like Teen Wolf. And obviously yeah. Buffy and things like that as well. Monsters and high school just go hand in hand. Um, yeah, that's right. And again, I think it, I mean a lot of it. I mean, you look especially look at stuff like Buffy. Monsters are a good way of of externalizing a lot of normal teenage shit. Yes. You can just give it a bit of context, and all of a sudden it's all right. Okay, we know what we're doing now. We can we, we can show people that okay, you might not be able to kick it in the face, but you can actually do something about it. And you know, these are things that people. Uh, People, you know, bigger people than you go through, superhumans will go through, and so you can deal with it as well. And it's, let's say, it's, it's that universal universality that we have. Um, so yeah, it is, it is quite interesting. I'm just sending you a link now. It's called Super Monsters. I've just found it. I fucking love the sound of this. Um, yeah. So, <laughs> I, I mean, again, though, the, the problem here is that they, they've got that platform, and especially if they want to make this kind of animated sitcom, which I still think is what they're reaching for they unfortunately yeah. never get there but i feel like they're reaching for that 
then all of that stuff is there for the taking. Your monsters are there as allegories for all of these problems. It's there for the taking. And you can still, in fact, your ensemble cast works even better then because, you know, where's the episode about Cleo struggling with her weight, for instance, and how yeah. that affects her socially? You know, where's yeah. where's the episode um, where Vin, we find out that Vinny's the way he is because he's had a hard upbringing? You know, where's, yeah. where's that stuff? Because it's, well, it's there I mean, for the taking. Yeah, I mean, you know? they've kind of gone for the more um, uh, lacking stories. I mean, they've gone for the easy kill, really, haven't they? And it's a case of, well, we can tell you know, we can tell a story about surfing, and we can use that to our friend. We, we, can, we can use the, um, the, the, um, the story of Cleo right into the film star. Um, there's, there are lots of things they can do about that. Um, but then you think, well, they've, they've avoided anything that could have any sort of resonance with people. Because sometimes the stuff like this, when you're putting it together, you say, actually, we don't want people to think about their problems. We don't want people to think, actually, high school is shit. Yeah. We kind of want people to go, oh, you know what? Yeah, it'll get better. Because like, if these if these losers and misfits, misfits can all come together, then maybe there's a chance for me. And you don't really want to be pushing the fact that actually, yeah, high school is, you know, from my memory, pretty fucking brutal. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and you, um, there are certain groups of people who get to be the way they are and everybody else kind of has to fit in and if you don't you just hide that because you don't want to stand out um and yeah it's, it's it's one of these shows that where whereas most high school shows will use high school as a very good way of sort of saying look this is how fucking hard life can be so you need to, de- to develop coping mechanisms this has kind of gone well yeah high school's all fun and games yeah it's fine you know, and, and with the added bonus, I know where because I was all fun and games for someone loses an eye. Somebody loses an eye, and this is it's fine because they're monsters. You put it back in, um, and yeah, it's just it's just a very um, it's just it, it is very strangely juxtaposed. So yeah. I hadn't really thought about it too much. I mean, I've I've enjoyed it, but some some of the things I did enjoy actually. Um, there's some particular bits like the um, yeah. Let's let's talk about some good because I feel like I've yeah, been ragging we've, on we've this for the last it. forty yeah. minutes now. So fuck, we've been for forty minutes yeah. already. Um, so we have to cut half that for me coughing. Um, the, the, the Rick Moranis character is very dated um, he reminds me a lot of Rick Moranis' character in um, Little Shop of Horrors he's very naive he's kind of bumbling he's kind of nervous around people so then when you see him around um, Headmistress Crone or Boneyard he's he's immediately intimidated um, when he's around uh, what's her name um, the one who fancies the him is it Mr. Bride Dirge? of Frankenstein sort of yeah. character yeah yeah Miss Dirge um, again he's very he doesn't know how to talk to, he doesn't know how to speak to her properly he doesn't know how to how to interact with her he just he's automatically very defensive and very clumsy and very bumbling and I think that it's a character that Rick Moranis has made his own over the years many many times I think he's done very very well with it and they've kind of taken that oh we can use that here um, and I, I like that and there were some gags in there especially with um, the headmistress and with Miss Dirge which again, they're not quite pitched at the, the child audience, and you can get them. You can get away with them for that sort of family show, whereby, you know, like Mister Hirsch tells, um, no, she tells him that she, no, she's aware that some monster women find humans, human men, attractive. Again, you know, to to kids, that's not going to mean anything. To the older kids and the adults watching, that they, oh, okay, there's a bit of you know, a bit of how's your father going on by there, and it's 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 something that you know, again you can hang a gag on. Um, there's the implication that he only he was only hired because no self-respecting monster would teach that class. Yeah. So there's there's lots of no, there's lots of outsider jokes in there which I think have a place and they work relatively well. I think they land a lot better than some of the jokes around the kids. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, as I say, the, the the problem I have is character definitely works, um, and and of course it does. It's Rick Moranis, so mm. you know, of course he's going to make that work. Um, come back Rick Moranis really we miss you like seriously yeah, where is Rick he's, Moranis he's now anyway? just like rode off into the sunset didn't he he hasn't done anything uh, he just consciously decided say, he uh... wasn't going to do anything anymore like oh, and, and rode off into the sunset um, but yeah he's he's wonderful um, but he's our end to the show so it instantly positions it as kind of being for an older audience because he's kind of a I guess early thirties character. I guess something like that. Yeah, he's supposed to be, he's supposed to be sort of mid, mid to late thirties, I think, from the blurb. Yeah. Right. So. Um, so you know, as as a young audience, we don't have that in. We don't have that into the kids because we're always viewing them through his eyes. 
Yeah, and I mean, you mentioned earlier on away again that the way he's of the way he's designed his um, his aesthetic, it's that very old fashioned suit, bow tie, big glasses. Very much so. Yeah. Um, and again, it's something that kids aren't going to engage with, and if anything, it's going to set him again set him against the um, the kid the kids in the, in the in the um, in the classroom, because he's he, um, all kids will have had that teacher who's just a colossal fucking nerd, and they make fun of him or her behind their backs. Um, this is that character so to make him your lead it's always a very difficult uh, sell yeah so then to, to make him a fish out of water with the staff and then also with the kids I think it's a very difficult place it's a very different show to possibly what they intended yeah definitely so um, incidentally um, just I knew there was something else to the Strip Moranis thing so just a quick google he quietly retired from acting in 1997 after his wife died um, yeah I've just yeah. read that um he has done a few bits since, but like very little. Um, although it, I mean, it, it says um, that the quote I read was, "I'm a single parent. I can't, I can't live my current live my life in the way that I have been. For the, no, it's not fair to my kids." But that was twenty years ago, so I mean, it's presumably they've grown up. I'm by pretty now. sure. But, um, I'm pretty sure he's appearing in the new Ghostbusters, isn't he? I don't know. I'm not sure. I'm pretty sure he is. Um, but anyway, we uh, we digress. Um, so yeah, his, his character's good, and in a <laughs> In a more adult show, see that's the thing. This show needs to decide what it is, because if this show was pitched at at sort of late teens and adults, and they they allowed themselves to write for that audience, I think it would be a lot stronger. Or if it was pitched at preteens and children, and they allowed themselves to write for that audience, it would be a lot yeah. stronger. But instead, they go for this kind of weird family vibe and they just don't pull it off and i think perhaps certainly for me it's made slightly worse by the fact that relatively recently we've watched galaxy high which does nail that we've just come off the back of kim possible which is absolutely one of the best television shows i've ever seen let alone one of the best cartoons (laughs) and we've just come off the back of a lot of disney afternoon stuff as well which does nail that family audience perfectly. Yeah. It works for everyone. And this, again, Hanna-Barbera here just kind of feel like the grumpy old men in the room who are doing things the way they've yeah. always done things because that's how they do it, God damn it. And you will like yeah, it. Yeah, I know. Yeah, well, no, what, what, if it works, why change it? If it ain't broke, don't fix it. But no, times change and you, you have to kind of evolve with that. And I mean, it's something that, I mean, we've talked at length about before. Disney did very well. Um, uh, War, uh, Warner Brothers did very well. Now they when they've evolved their their stuff and their their um, Looney Tunes and stuff like that. So they've kind of gone with the times. Whereas Hanna Barbera have gone, yeah, yeah, fuck it, it's fine. Everybody's everybody loves Scooby Doo. Everyone loves the Flintstones. We can just keep rolling them out and rolling them out. Um, Scooby Doo is a slightly different one because they do at least interact with other with other other franchises and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, they, you know, certainly like the Flintstones and the Jetsons, you don't see them doing much anymore. No. You don't see fucking Top Cat doing anything anymore. God damn! I'd forgotten all about Top Cat. I had until they they started. They 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 um one of the building societies in this country bought um the Hanna Barbera characters to do adverts, and they yeah I have seen those yeah um, um and I yeah, fucking so, love Top Cat. Easily my favourite Hanna Barbera character. I don't remember that much about uh, Top Cat. We have to go back to that one. Love um, Top Cat. Love me a bit of Top Cat. Yeah. Yeah, so maybe, maybe we'll have to do that at some point in the in the next phase. I mean, we've got we've um, got the other cats kicking around on the list, and we we've got Garfield and Heathcliff kicking around. I think so. Yeah, it'd be rude not to them. We it? need to throw Top Cat in there as well. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. definitely. I'd, Sorry, just yeah. Conversation for probably to probably have off there. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, so I mean, it's yeah, you're right. I mean, Hannah Bavera kind of just haven't gone with it, and I think that this might that might be one of the reasons this only ran for for a half season. This only has thirteen episodes. Yeah. Um, I think it. There were there's certainly legs to it. I mean, that you look at the the size of the ensemble cast. There's certainly a lot of potential for stories to be told, um, and the way you know, given the the way they've set these characters, you know, the, the the characters up. You've got you've got the cool one. You've got the nerd. You've got the um, the little no, the little one with the massive chip on the shoulder. You've got the fat girl. You've got the pretty girl who's very self conscious. All this sort of stuff. There's a lot. There are a lot of stories you could tell. Which have been done a million times in a million different teen shows and and, and uh, sort of you know, kids sitcoms and stuff like that, but you have different characters and if you spend the time building the characters up, you can do a decent job with that here. So maybe the fact that they only had thirteen episodes means they didn't get a chance to do that. On the other hand, you think well, 
maybe they didn't plan to do that at all. Maybe they were going to carry on with the wacky madcap stuff. I don't think and that's they, why did they didn't plan get the... to do that. Yeah, because I mean, thirteen episodes isn't much, but I, there aren't thirteen main characters, so you've still no, got enough for, I mean... for you've still got enough for one episode per character if you really want that large ensemble well, cast, or if you don't, well, then... hone it in, pick a lead. Like, yeah. obviously, to me, the the nerdy werewolf kid stands out as somebody that can be your lead. As you said, he's your Richie Cunningham. Yeah, like it's it's right there again for the taking. Like, it, it just, is an and, and there's a reason okay. this stuff works. I know it's cliche, and I know it's tropey, and we addressed that when we talked about Kim Possible as well. But there is a reason why it works, and the rest of your formula yeah. is different enough that you can have fun with it. You can use these monsters to have fun with that. And you just don't, because yeah. you're idiots. That, that's it. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's the thing. I mean, if, if you think, if you wanted to look at longevity, there are enough combinations here for you to have a couple of seasons worth. So you want to tell a story, you want, you want to tell half a dozen different stories with any. You involve different people at different times in, uh, within the series, within, within, the, within, the, within your yeah. however many week run it is. And you can do that for years. I mean, that's what Happy Days did. That's what Saved by the Bell did. That's all these various shows did. And they, they got far more out of it than this one did. Um, so yeah, it's 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 a shame really because I think that no, it's something that I mean, I hadn't thought a great deal about it, but certainly from a, a sit down, don't pay a great deal of attention, just watch it. I, I laughed quite a lot watching these shows because they're just very madcap and stupid. Yeah, it um, is. It is switch you your brain off. It is switch your brain off TV, and maybe that's another thing that's drawing me to it. Um, certainly, originally mm. watching the pilot. I was watching it because I, I wanted to, you know, to pick things out to talk about on this show, um, and I found that pilot fucking painful. I had to force myself to watch another one. Um, at that point, I was fully prepared to just come on this podcast, rip it a new one, um, and flat out say it's worse than Raccoons. Um, I have now watched more, and as I say, I've found... I think the quality improves drastically from pilot to episode two, um, yeah. and there it kind of plateaus I think it stays of a consistent quality from from there on um, it, and yeah. when I say consistent quality the episodes themselves uh, uh, you know in the episode itself the quality will vary wildly there'll be good stuff and bad stuff it'll be yeah. all over the shop tonally but as a whole the show I think is consistently just under okay I would say it's I think it's still bad um it's not as horrendously bad as I first thought it was if I'm honest I still think it might be worse than the raccoons um but I don't know I, I don't I'll know. think I mean, about I think... that before we wrap up but it's <sighs> Yeah, that that pilot episode is is hard going, and then after that, I just kind of went, okay, so that's what this is. This is crap. And once I accepted that it was crap, then I've enjoyed it a little bit more, if I'm honest. Yeah, I mean, I think that I mean for me, I'm trying, I'm, I'm trying to draw comparisons to um, between this and the raccoons, speaking from because that, that's probably the worst show we've looked at. I think for me, the biggest problem with the raccoons is that I feel so let down by it because it was something that I. I, I remembered fondly, and I, I, I would, I would have hand on heart said before we went back and rewatched it that it was one of the, you know, it was one of the better shows that, that I remembered from from being a kid. Whereas this one, I don't have that baggage with, so I think it's difficult to compare. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm, I must say, I more or less forgot the show existed um, until we started talking about it, um, and then putting a couple of episodes on the last couple of days when I've been off my tits on cough medicine. Um, yeah, it's been entertaining, but it's not something I'd sit, I'd sit my kids in front of. So this month, this is amazing. You need to watch this. It's funny as hell. Um, and I think that for me, just sort of finding finding something in it that that I can t- take away and enjoy is being. It's not been that difficult because it's just very slapsticky. Um, but the more you think about it, and you, the more the more protect you, the more you think about the potential of what they could have done with it. I think that's where the big disappointment comes for me. Is that, like, I, I've enjoyed what I've seen, but the more the more you look at it, the more the more you go. Oh, why didn't you do that? Yeah. Where where's that bit? Um, and like I say, you no, know, you've got all these classic monsters, and they've they've done a lot of work in the in the characters. Character design, they have especially. the characters look um, really good. They they look good, and they, I mean, some of the some of the 
limited backstory you do get um, is um, it's quite interesting. Um, stuff like um, Reggie, um, yeah, he you know when he's nervous he sheds like like dogs do um, and stuff like that. You know, it's um, there, there's some nice little touches like that which I've really enjoyed. Yeah. But then I say the other bits, I say Cleofatra being a particular low. Um, what the fuck was JP supposed to be? That little blue skin thing. Um, I guess, isn't he sort of kind of an ego kind of character? I, I, I guess. I, I don't know. He, he just seems, I mean, I think he's referred to in one episode as a quirk. Um, but I, there's, it doesn't seem to be a particular type of monster that I can see. I, th- I think he's more just a, a general kind of creep, really. Is it's what just he is. kind of a thing. Yeah, he, he's more your kind of familiar creep kind of thing, a ghoul, if you like, is what yeah, he is. He, maybe, he's yeah. quite ghoulish, isn't he? Yeah. Um. So, so I think that's what he's meant to be. Um. Yeah, I just never got him, and like I didn't. I mean, he didn't. He didn't do a great deal anyway. I mean, he's I never... mean his his voice as well is is very. It's very specific, isn't it? He's got that. Yeah. Um, well, it's, oh, um, his name? Peter. Peter. Peter yeah, Peter Law. Um, yeah, it's, I, I it's, it's Frank Welker doing an impersonation, so it's not even. It's, it's it's a very it's a reasonable impersonation, but again, there's a spin on it. There's a sort of a bit of a take to it. So some of the some of the nuances, some of the way the some of the letters and some of the within the words are drawn out. Um, I can't think of an example, but I think it was an R, sort of an AR sound, which was elongated a couple of times and things like that. That just make. It just set the character off a little bit. So he's described actually, um, JP, as a wealthy blue skinned gnome like monster. That's direct from oh, that's... the wiki. Yeah, okay. Um so, so I, I think he's just a, a ghoul, is what he is. Yeah, that, that makes sense. Um Yeah, I I don't know, I, it was just another one as I wasn't quite sure what he was, but uh, so some some of the some of the nice character touches. Like there there are intimations as well that that there are there are sort of early teen relationships between some of these characters as well. You know, there's sort of the very you know, PG thirteen holding hand type of relationship and relationships you get. Well, um, well, I'm I'm just gonna I'm just gonna use that as a jumping off point actually because I've been looking for an excuse to moan about this one as well. So I'm just gonna hit it <laughs> right here. I mentioned earlier on there's there's an episode with Cleo. Yeah. writing to a, a famous actor and again 90s yes. references a spin on the whole beauty and the beast tv series blatantly yeah. which very much dates it um and then this storyline evolves where she's writing him letters and he decides to come and meet her and she pretends that the doozer is her but this is like a full-grown man like meeting what is essentially a teenager that yeah i mean in these days it would be a teenager oh. that he's groomed on the internet. Oh yeah, it's this Operation Utree all over again, isn't it? Um, it's, I, I, I'm just dumbfounded by it. Like it, it doesn't work at all. I don't think it would have worked then, let alone now. Like there's no way you can watch it without going. Somebody yeah, lock this fucker up. It's, it's very icky. It's very. I mean, I like he full well, on I mean... tries to romance her. It's, oh, it's just gross. Yeah, it's not uh, it's not great. Um, but again, I mean, I mean, as a as a, a storyline, it's been done in a million different things as well. And it, it never kind of goes that far. Um, I think the the one that's sprung to mind where it did escalate is Empire Records. Um, also, you've got um, Liv Tyler's character Rex Manning. Rex Manning, um, and that's probably the only example I can think of where it goes so fucking horribly badly wrong. Because it's not something that's aimed at children. No, Every but again, Rex Manning's in... character is that he's pretty much a disgusting pervert. Um, yeah, who doesn't realise how old he is. Yeah, always... whereas this guy the... is fully portrayed as like a Prince Charming character. Yeah, that's right. And I mean, every time that's done in kids' shows generally, it's always done in that way. But then when they arrive, there's always this stranger danger aspect to it. But they turn out to be actually decent people and they don't take advantage of the kids who are clearly fucking besotted with them. Yeah. But this is just so fucking icky. And it's a very early episode as well. It's like the second, or, uh, the third or fourth episode, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's very early on. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's yeah, it's very it had a very big ick factor. I thought. Yeah, yeah, huge ick factor. Um, yeah, so there's something wrong there as well. There's a lot. There's a fucking lot wrong with this show, isn't there? I'm trying yeah. to find the good. I really am, and I and I wanted to like this because, as I say, as a, I, 
I didn't remember loads about it. I just remember that I liked it. And I remember, and it was a Saturday morning show. I remember it being on early on Saturday mornings. Uh, and I remember preferring it to Galaxy High as well. So I was really, I was quite up for going back and seeing what this was. And I was on the quiet expecting it to be fairly rubbish. I wasn't expecting it to be so wrong, though. <laughs> That's the yeah. thing. Uh, same. I, mean, I, I forgot that the show existed. Um, and then when we started looking at it, oh, yeah, okay. I, I sort of vaguely remember. I remember some of the character designs and stuff like that. Um, and then as I've gone back to it, I've gone, oh, okay, yeah, I do remember this. But the more we pull it apart, the more I'm going, oh, hang on. I may need to rewatch this when I'm not fucking high. Um, because there's quite a lot that's not quite what it should be in this show. Yeah, there's a there's a lot wrong with this show. Um, so there you go, kids. Another bad advert for drug abuse, even though it is only fucking Benelin. Uh Yeah, I mean, there's probably Other. an episode of Gravedale High where somebody gets off their tits by sniffing dandelions or something uh, and tells you that it's great. So, you know, yeah, probably. If, if, if you want something to do with drug abuse, go there. Um, there is... Oh, one of the episodes had a pharmacy with a really bad drug pun what the hell was it uh, oh it's, it was horrible it was kind of a don't do drugs kind of thing but it was a punny name on the pharmacy and it was just horrible uh, but at least they were trying to do the right thing I guess uh, yeah but again, again that was a, it was a fairly um, fairly popular thing to do in most teen shows at the time um, be they live action or animated the whole don't do drugs don't smoke don't drink, um, you know, all this sort of stuff, because certainly in America, that was a big problem they were having at the time, whereby they were having a lot of teens dying in horrible car accidents because they were either off their tits or completely hammered. So, I mean, it's it, I mean, it was something that you know, they, they were keen to push very hard. Um, and obviously, you know, we all know that smoking cigarettes is just a gateway into doing like heroin and shit, so, yeah. Oh, yeah, um, absolutely. Once you smoke that cigarette, that's it, man. Game over. Yeah, yeah, that, that Next one. Next thing uh, you know, that... you're doing a line of coke off a hooker's ass crack. Um, you know. Or Tuesday. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I mean, it's, it, it was, there, there's a lot, there are lots of things and you, you look at so many, no, there are so many shows that have done that and they, there are so many bad jokes around that. We, they, you know, the names of, you know, anti-smoking drugs or um, the pharmacies or charities or whatever. There are so many things that are done about that. So it wouldn't surprise me if it's here. I can't think of it, to be honest. No, I, I, it escapes me now, but I just remember groaning at it. It was really bad. And, and so many of the gags here really are bad as well. They really are, like, groaners. They are, like, yeah. it's not even dad humour. It's just painfully unfunny. Every now yeah. and again, like I say, there is one that'll crack me up, and it's generally a verbal gag rather than anything yeah. slapsticky. It's generally something that one of the cast manages to deliver spot on um but it's only say once or twice an episode at most um yeah, but no, at least you get those but at least i get yeah get hey that. look if it didn't have those i think i'd really be coming down on this thing um <laughs> I, I think i've been relatively fair this evening um yeah i mean i think that i mean that's always that's that's one thing that we, that we can always say is that no whether we like a show or not, whether people agree with us or not, at least we are relatively objective. Yeah, um, I think so. I, I, and, you know, to be fair, like, um, you've quite enjoyed this. So, it's, it's you know, it could just be me as well. It's just the things that I've found are really sticking in my teeth. Um, and, like I've said several times, even though I've found all of those things, I've still watched more than I should have, if I'm perfectly honest. <laughs> I probably should have stopped after the pilot. I'm sort of glad I didn't. Because it yeah, definitely, I think if you had, you'd have had a, a far more negative view. Of much possible. more negative. It definitely has got better. Um, it's just still nowhere near the mid midway, the sort of pack of the bunch. Really, in in terms of quality, it's it's definitely this is bottom of the barrel stuff. I think. Yeah, I mean, I think that there's a slight misfortune for the show that's come on the back of Kim Possible as well, which was so good. Um, that definitely we've, we've, hasn't helped. We've, we've just had a fairly hefty break as well. So we're coming back at this you know, full of piss and vinegar. And going, ah, we're going to do this, we're going to do that. And we're possibly looking for things we may not have looked at and looked for before. 
but then again some of them are fucking glaringly obvious so it's difficult to say how true that is um, but yeah that's it. I, I've enjoyed this for, for what I've seen of it I'll probably watch the rest of it because I'm, I'm halfway through and I'm not in work again tomorrow so I might as well um, but yes I mean it's it's something that I'll go well fuck it why not but in reality it's not the best thing we've watched far from it um, I think for me I've made it through more of this than I did the raccoons um, yeah I as I say it's it's fine i guess to stick on in the background i can't call it inoffensive because it's not it 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 actively offends me on many levels um i think it's very poorly written i think it's incredibly poorly animated yeah i mean especially given the time as well where we, yeah. we were seeing like the disney afternoon stuff yeah. where the quality of animation and rest have taken a, a massive jump north yep this was kind of stuck, you know, stuck in the early 80s really I mean they hadn't bothered very much so. at all with that it's very it's clearly done been done very very cheaply um, yeah. and, and I suspect to be fair I suspect that is because a lot of that money was spent on the voice talent who are very good oh absolutely the yeah. character I mean, the, designs the are good the voice talent is good <coughs> if this thing were to be spun off and it maybe it was but I, I don't remember if this would be spun off into like a comic or a series of books um, I think I'd probably pursue that and read some of them because as I say the character designs are fairly good <coughs> and given a bit more depth Maybe they can make it work. Um, yeah, I'm not seeing it, seeing anything anywhere. About, no, um, I don't think it was. Um, but yeah, for me, I think once we finish recording this pod, I don't think I'll finish watching the rest of the show. You never know. I may do because, as I say, it does weirdly keep drawing me back in. But of course, once we finish this one, we'll have something else <laughs> that we need one. to watch. Um, yeah. And in fairness, I. I was late starting to watch this because I've been continuing to watch Kim Possible, which I will still continue to watch. Um, so yeah, I don't think I will watch any more of it. Um, I think I am done with this now. I think me and Gravedale High are going to part ways. I don't think I'll ever return to it again. Um, I think the theme song will always take me back to a time and a place. And I would rather just keep those memories of it than keep watching it and sully them any further. I think ultimately, yeah, yeah, I'm going there. This is the worst thing that we've rewatched. I think personally, I, I think this is truly bad. Um, it, it's watchable, but I wouldn't recommend anybody seeks this out. I, I think this is no, truly, I've... truly bad. No, I, th I think you're right. I think if um, <coughs> if people have have a relationship with it already, I think if they have an affinity to it, they may be drawn back and they may like it on a rewatch. They may not. If you've not seen it before, it's not going to do anything for you because you know if you if you're our age and looking at a show that's pushing thirty years old um, and is so so badly dated. I mean, it was dated. I think looking at it, it's probably dated for its time. Oh, it definitely was. As as I alluded to earlier, this is this is your old man's show. This this wasn't fresh or relevant at all, no. even when it was on the air. No way was it. Yeah. So I mean, on the back of that, I mean, yeah, I wouldn't be recommending this to people saying you've got to go out and watch the show. It's amazing or it's really funny or anything else because people already think I'm weird. So recommending shit like that, um, it's going to make it worse. That said, um, I've I say I'm still feeling like shit, and I've I say I've got like another half bottle of. Uh, of really strong cough medicine downstairs so tomorrow may, tomorrow's another day and I may feel differently tomorrow um, just for the people listening who uh, so I can explain how fucking out of it I am I've been getting really pissed off with my computer for the last 10 minutes trying to work out why nothing is opening without realising that I'm not using my iPad I'm on my computer and it's not a fucking touchscreen. <laughs> <laughs> I've been trying to get the fucking wiki page open for the last 5 minutes why would you that, fucking work that is a new low <laughs> That, that kid is a bad advert for drug abuse. Um, like I said, fucking yeah. Jesus, I, I don't even <laughs> so know where maybe, to go with that, be... dude. I've just got this image of you there, just fucking biting your tongue. Now you, you, <laughs> you just need a fucking Tweedledum hat on, and he completes the image. <laughs> to to be fair, I think it's because I'm having withdrawal symptoms, and I haven't had any for the last of the twenty thirty minutes, uh, or long we've been on the air. So um, yeah, I probably need some more drugs, but. Um, yeah, that's kind of how bad I am at the moment. But um, 
Yeah, that may be why I found this uh, this show so uh, so endearing and so funny. Hey, look, horses but, um, for courses. Like I say, it wasn't for me. Um, I'm quite pleased that that you liked it because I I kind of thought once I watched it, I I kind of as I say, I kind of thought that maybe you would because I knew you liked this this Hanna Barbera stuff. Um, and, and obviously, you know, an element of personal taste does come into this stuff. So, and it's it's very rare to be fair that we disagree on a show. Um, so, it's I think it's interesting as well that every now and again these ones will crop up where there's <laughs> yeah. just a split between the two of us. For me, uh, yeah, this this just doesn't do anything. But but clearly, you've got at least something out of it. So, you know, listeners, there there may be something there if you want to track it down. Maybe you remark, maybe you Chris. This is how you find out, I guess. So, yeah, maybe. Um, but yeah, um, let us know by all means. Um, that's the usual channels. Um, you can get such as via our website. Um, you can email us smpd at ddpodcast.net. Uh, you can find us on Facebook with Double M Podcast Network. Uh, on Twitter, we're at smpdpod. Um, yeah, drop us a line. Let us know what you think. Um, particularly if you know, if you've come out of the show uh, for the first time, or if you're rewatching it and going, "What the fuck did I ever see in this?" Um, yeah, so we'd we'd love to hear it. Uh, but until next time, see you later.